Eduardo Escobar with two more RBIs, six for the night, and he has hit for the cycle, the first bet in 10 years. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. It is Thursday, June 9th. The Mets are 38 and 21. They have dropped two of three to the San Diego Padres, and they are finally wrapping up this gauntlet of a West Coast trip. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack, a.k.a. Jolly. Joining me is often regarded at City Field, Jeremy Blevins. A lot of people made that mistake. I, I couldn't believe it when it happened. Uh, and Jerry, you have something fun coming up this weekend, right? I do. First of all, like, you know, the, the power of Jeremy can't be overstated. You heard it. You literally, I'm not going to, like, influence your your answer here, but how many times do you think you heard people or what percentage of people? So I want to preface this by saying that Jerry, uh, we we got recognized a lot. It was very, very cool. Jerry was a, a big celebrity at City Field. So I, I would like to say that I think 30 fans probably came up to you and said something. And I would say that maybe eight to 10 of those fans called you Jeremy, like an overwhelming percent of people. That's a good chunk of people, right? Yeah. I like, don't know what insane. it is. And it's been that way my entire professional career. It's never happened. It doesn't happen anywhere but like in baseball. Isn't that wild? And even like Shea Station listeners were a couple of them and they called you Jeremy and your name is at the bottom of the box. I, I couldn't people believe would it. hand me my baseball card and it's written Jerry and they'd be like, hey, Jeremy, <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, our own Kelsey Wingert is a victim of such when no. she was in 2019 when I played for the Braves. She was our sideline reporter. Um she called me Jeremy in front of like the whole team in the lobby. And she's like, Oh, and so I called her Kelly for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and I often bring it up to Kelsey, As uh, but it just, I don't know what it is at first. At first it's like, um, well, that's weird. But then it just like, it became a thing where I just had to let it go. And if you're going to be around me, I'll like politely address it. Otherwise it's going to continue to happen. Um, but like, it's, it's just a really, really weird thing that I don't know, like some cosmic rip in the space time continuum of some sort. Was there ever like a, like a person of like authority or like a big status guy that called you Jeremy and you, you didn't correct him cause you just didn't want to like make a fuss or whatever. Plenty, plenty okay, of people cool. I don't correct all the time, you know, uh, yeah, especially situationally speaking, um, I'll if it's somebody that I respect, I'll come up and I'll like, I don't know, somehow bring it up that not that they called me Jeremy, but just to make sure that I'm they know I'm Jerry. You slip it into uh, the conversation. Yeah, yeah. You try to you try to you know, based on the situation. Yeah. Um, I think Lucas Dude is still mad at me for for call, like i don't know because for call, like like we were facing each other i think in spring training when i first got traded over mm. and he's like all right jeremy and i'm like uh it's jerry and he's i think like he was so he would like bring up that i called him out because he's you know, a <laughs> quiet guy he's you gonna show him up that's unbelievable <laughs> by correcting your own name how dare yeah you? all right anyway rambling on <laughs> i do have some fun stuff this weekend yeah. once we're done recording here I will be driving over to Cleveland and I'll be doing um, the color commentary on the radio for the Oakland A's as they play the guardians, uh, which will be so fun, man. I love the A's. They are my, you know, my first love in the big leagues. I've spent the most time of my career there. Um, 
but also if since you're this is a Mets pod, we're talking about the Mets. If you're feeling bad about our current situation, oh, just yeah. take a peek over to what's going on over there. I mean, this was kind of like the A's all-star game between the Mets and the Padres. You had Bassett, you had Manaya, you had Canna, all the former A's guys had a had had Melvin. A Melvin was there. That's a big one. Because of what they were doing. Profar, who dominated Profar? us. Yep. Uh former A. Like just crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. But I mean, I'm very happy that you're going to get back in the booth. We saw you in the booth last Thank September. You. Did a splendid job, even if it's not for us. Uh, so, guys, if you have some time this weekend, make sure you tune in. Make sure Jerry's doing a good job. That good because I sent Ed Coleman into retirement. Oh my god! <laughs> you put him away for good, dude. I put Jesus. him. He's like, I can't do this shit anymore. <laughs> I don't think you were the cause of that, there. Oh, okay. Come on. All right, think- that's good to know. You got to hold yourself a little higher there. Come on now. Okay. All right, guys, we're going to dive into this three-game set. I luckily have game one, which is about the only fun game to talk about in this series, so I'm going to take my sweet time doing it as well. So we entered San Diego after splitting two of four against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Good feeling there. Uh, And we got right started the same way against the Padres as well. In the first inning against Blake Snell, a Marte single followed up with three walks in a row. Three great at-bats from Pete Alonso, Mark Hanna, and J.D. Davis, who had the best of all. A 10-pitch walk that brought in a run against Blake Snell. And then Eduardo Escobar, who we're going to talk about a lot in this game, and probably for the whole episode, singled home two runs to make it 3 to nothing in the first off Blake Snell. He threw 43 pitches in the first inning as the Mets worked three separate uh, six-plus pitch at-bats. Marte and Lindor both stole their eighth base of the season. Very cool. Big story in this game was Carlos Carrasco, who had a fantastic start, arguably one of his best of the year. Seven innings, two earned runs, five hits, right back to no walks, which I loved, and 10 strikeouts on 105 pitches. He lowers his ERA to 3.52 on the season, and in the wake of Scherzer and DeGrom and McGill being gone, his presence has been absolutely abundant in this Mets rotation. I don't know if you're a listener that's into pitcher wins, but Cookie currently leads the NL in pitcher wins with seven, so that's pretty cool. Uh, He's tied for third in the NL with a 1.8 wins above replacement and 4.9 walk percentage is fourth in the NL. So very cool for Cookie. He's ranking up high up in there. Uh, Nimmo later on in the game singled home Eduardo Escobar after a double. So there's a single and a double for Eddie. That makes it four to one. Mazzara gets Cookie on an RBI double uh, in his final inning in the seventh, but the Mets get this back immediately because that's what they've done all season. As Eduardo hits a two-run home run in the eighth, he absolutely tattoos this ball, takes a good look at it too, which I absolutely loved. Um, the Mets had this one 7-1, to one, and then it got a little hairy uh, in the eighth inning. Joely Rodriguez lets on two runners. Drew Smith gives up a three-run tater to Luke Voigt that makes it 7-5 to five Mets. But they clap back once again, just like they did the last time before. With two outs in the ninth, Eduardo Escobar hits a triple down the right field line to bring home Pete Alonso and Mark Canna. That completes the first Mets cycle in 10 years, the first one since Scott Hairston in Colorado at Coors Field. And then they poured it on from there. Jeff McNeil with a double to bring home Eddie. Tomas Nito, the runners in scoring position king, as you mentioned last episode, he brings home McNeil. Nine men come to bat. It's 11-5 Mets. Drew Smith stays in. He cruises in the ninth to seal a decisive game one victory, 11-5 Mets. Lots of positives from this game. I mean, the, the two best performances of the whole series happened right off the bat. Cookie was fantastic. Uh, a double-digit strikeout performance looked looked so good. Um, 
And then Eddie's, you know, cycle was incredible. Awesome. Electric. It was a a natural one, organic, because he, he hit them all. The triple came last. It was a big one. He sprinted. He was fired up. Like, I loved watching. He made a great play defensively. A couple of them. Mm. Um, Just an overall wonderful game for the Mets. uh, Minus the Drew Smith homer that he gave up. Another one. By the way, I don't know what it is. I don't enjoy watching Luke Voigt play baseball. Interesting. I don't know why. Is it because he's a former Yankee or is there no animosity? No, I don't mind the Yankees. Like, as weird as that is for Mets, I actually respect the Yankees. I like watching them. I think, you know, I've said it a few times. I love watching Nestor Cortez pitch. Yeah. It it has nothing to do with the Yankees. I don't know why. I feel like he's like a villain in my own brain. I don't know why. Mm. I don't know. But I just don't enjoy it. And then when he hits it off our boy, Drew Smith. Yeah, I mean. I'm not a big fan. Bad recipe there. Uh, I have a question for you because I don't know about I don't know about you, but until the ninth, pretty much as soon as he hit it down the line, I had no idea that Eduardo Escobar was that close to the cycle. Especially because the homer happened in the eighth and the triple happened in the ninth. He got the two hardest things in the last two innings. When did you realize that the cycle was on the table? Uh, after the home run, okay. you know, because it's weird as you're keeping track of the game. There's just like you know, it's like. When a guy gets through five without giving up a hit, you're like, oh, there's a possibility of a no hitter. It's the same thing with the cycle. You're like, oh, he's got, you know, three knocks. He's, oh, it's all three. Okay. He needs this for a cycle. It's just one of those random things when you're tallying it in your head that that you see, because uh, it's not a big deal. It really isn't, but it's really cool when it happens. Um, I would rather see, you know, like five triples or something. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times guys will pull up short after they hit you know, they have a double instead of getting, you know, two doubles, they'll stop at first. I think that sucks. I know. I don't like that at all because they're, Oh, you know, I don't know. This was like Um, a nice organic cycle too. Organic. When it happens like that, when it happens in a lot of it was necessary because he, he secured a W for the most part by, by adding those runs, especially late in the game. Uh, super cool. And it, and again, uh, we need Eddie Escobar. He's coming out of his, his, kind of lull to start the season he really is swinging the bat well from both sides of the plate um just murdering the ball which I, yeah, i'm man. a big fan of i mean shakira was the catalyst we all know now <laughs> great tweet <laughs> yeah that's good yeah, I, uh, I was a little bit bummed because uh, Jake Eisenberg, who's been helping out in the booth uh, on the radio uh, for the Mets this season, reached out, said that he wanted to use the stat uh, during game two. And I was like, oh, that's incredible. Like, I'm going to listen in and make sure I hear it. Uh, and then the first inning happened for the Mets, and the tone was kind of set for that game, and I don't think a Shakira stat was going to leak its way in. Yeah, well, I mean, it is what it is. The first happened was rough. Do you want to get into game two here? I think so. I think it's time. All right, here we go. Game two, you Darvish versus Taiwan Walker. Uh, just a dud of a game for the Mets. I don't want to get into it. A lot of hit-by-pitches. Um, Starling Marte kind of gets banged up after trying to steal second base and ends up exiting the game. Uh, he'll be missing some time. Luckily, MRI is back clean. Pete Alonso gets hit in the hand. I think he tried to punch the ball uh, <laughs> on a little half swing. It was a weird thing. Again, uh, thank goodness, because it looked like it could be horrible. He got hit in a strange part of his right hand. Uh, MRI came back clean, thank goodness. Um, but after that, Darvish kind of rolled when hitless uh, held the Mets hitless up for five and two thirds. He was just dominant after that first inning of 
of hitting like three out of the first five guys. Um, Taiwan looked pretty good. He had a shaky first two innings, went six, gave up four. All four in the in the first two innings, gave up five hits, two walks, four Ks, gave up one homer, a leadoff homer to Jerickson Profar, who just, you know, he came up at 19 years old with the Rangers. He finally looks like the guy they were hoping to be. Yeah. Uh, swinging the bat well, playing good defense. He's sprinting all over the field. Uh, but Taiwan did good, gave up that one homer uh, and the 103 pitches. He did give up his 30-inning homerless streak uh, with that leadoff homer to Profar, but it was a fa- he, he threw a meatball. It wasn't like a good pitch that we're like, oh, is there doubt that he still has that zip on it? He gave it to him. He, he took it. Um, the big one for me was our Holderman, our yeah. man. He walks the bases loaded um, and then, you know, allowed Manny Machado to, to hit a single up the middle. All three of those runners scored. Um, and then we got to see a guy named Morihone throw the last two innings and absolutely be filthy from the left side, throwing like a hundo. Uh, I threw like eight, 18 pitches in two innings of pure dominance. But the Padres dominate the Mets in the middle game, seven to nothing. Thank goodness nobody got hurt, hurt. Um, but this was a dud of a ball game and a classic game too for your boy Blev. Yeah, man, I you had a nice little run there with the back-to-back sweeps. They were cruising. Maybe we thought the curse was over, and then, you know, we got punched in the mouth here. Um, yeah, I mean, a couple things that I liked from this game. Uh, it'll get lost in translation for sure, uh, but Tywin Walker really rounding out after those first two innings was really nice. Only a walk in the uh, four innings that followed. So he gets through six on 103 pitches. Gave the Mets a chance to stay in this game. The offense just was not awake, I think. They were a little deflated after the Alonzo and Marte uh, injuries because uh, that was when we didn't know what was going to happen. Now we have the news that thankfully everything's clean, but that we were kind of in limbo there for a little bit. And the Padres just have an absolute stable of pitching arms, man. I mean, we, we ducked Mackenzie Gore and Joe Musgrove in this series, and they still looked absolutely filthy every step of the way, except for game one there where they kind of had that blow up in the ninth. Yeah, they need. I uh, will get back into. I let you go into Game Three, but but they're they're a good team, man. They're gonna get a, they're gonna get the Dodgers a, a long run for their money. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think they got some uh, adversity from last year. They got some thick skin now, and they're gonna. They're, get they haven't been back. hitting. They they hit some in our series, uh, but they're gonna get Fernando Tatis back, and that guy is a difference maker. So yeah, glad we're playing them now. You know, we'll get them again later when they have Tatis, but we'll be at home, thankfully. All right, game three, and it's kind of a similar story. I haven't really gotten a uh, like a blowout dud loss game to recap yet, uh, and this is my first of the year, and boy, is it a doozy. It was the battle between Chris Bassett and Sean Manaya, the former Oakland A's aces, uh, squaring off for their new teams, and Manaya won this one pretty handily. Chris Bassett simply just did not have it against the San Diego Padres, couldn't get big outs and big jams. Uh, he went three and a third uh, innings, seven runs, six of them earned seven hits two walks six strikeouts on 75 pitches his era is up to 4.35 on the season and he has allowed 22 earned runs in his last 26 innings pitched it was a rough month for chris bassett june kicks off in a rough way as well hopefully he can round out again soon the Mets bats could not figure it out. Uh, Sean Manaya, we've kind of had some struggles against lefties all season, uh, and he had one of the best outings we've seen from a lefty so far. He went seven strong with one earned run. Jeff McNeil went two for four with an RBI, so that's nice, but the rest of the lineup goes three for 27 around him, so no real help there. You're really feeling the loss of Pete Alonso in these games as well. 
Steven Nagosik, very similar to Colin Holderman, finally had a blow up that kind of tanked the ERA and uh, you know brought a step back down to earth a little bit. He allowed four earned runs in an inning and a third. Uh, a dropped foul fly ball by J.D. Davis, who is not a first baseman, so you can't blame him too much. Kind of a tough play, but one he had in his glove and popped out. This paved the way for a walk, a single, and then a Jake Cronenworth three-run homer, and that was kind of just the deafening blow of this game. It made it 11 to nothing. Uh, Khalil Lee, who got called up to have an extra body on the bench, he gets a pinch hit, he goes 0 for 1 in his return to the big leagues. The Mets score just two runs and they make three errors in what I consider the ugliest loss of the year. They lose 13 to 2, they drop the series, they fall to 38 and 21. I think it's only the fourth or fifth time they've lost back-to-back games this season uh, and they get a much needed off day before they head over to Anaheim uh, where they face a team sputtering in a much worse way. Yeah, uh, something's got to give in the series in Anaheim for for one of our teams. Uh, but you you hit a couple of things right on. One is Chris Bassett hasn't looked great since Scherzer went down. Yeah, like, we kind of wanted him to step up. We put a lot of pressure on him to do that. He's capable of doing it. He's literally done the opposite. I was a little bit worried about some of his comments post game. How he's saying like I've never felt like this before. I don't know what to do which is a little bit shocking, but yeah. this guy's a, a veteran. He's got really good people around him. They'll figure it out. He has an off day. He'll dive in and figure it out. But you were really hoping, and, and the fans are really hoping, that this is the time that he steps up and just gives us uh, uh, basically what Cookie did. You know, yeah. give us a dominating seven, eight, you know, just – if he would have thrown like eight shut here or eight with one run, just a dominating performance, ah, oh, it would have been a beautiful thing. Kind of like we were okay, but then he 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 looked shaky for like the what do you say the fifth consecutive start? Yeah, something like that. To me, that's the biggest story because everything else um, you can kind of leave in San Diego. Bassett, this is a lingering thing, especially when we're missing. You know, we're gonna get Tyler McGill back. But he's also coming off of uh, a long absence. He's going to be, you know, on the short number of pitches. So we don't know what we're going to get because he's still a wild card. He's still really young. So we were hoping for Bassett. Um, but you also said another thing, which I thought was indicative, and I didn't think about it, but you said this was the ugliest loss of the season. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, we've had a few. Nothing like stands out now after the fact but there were a couple of moments where it was like man that that was terrible baseball um but this one it gives you a bunch of question marks our bullpen looks shaky again um Nagosik left some meatballs again out there I don't I don't know what the deal was but hopefully these are things that you can leave behind in a series like you said this is the biggest off day we've had all year too where we're like all right guys they're gonna be in Anaheim go to Disney, reset your brains, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, the magic kingdom can do magical things for you. Yeah. I think that, um, it, it is the ugliest loss of the year. It's nice that it took until June 8th for the Mets to have a loss where they just looked thoroughly outplayed in every facet of the game. Uh, we've had some gut wrenchers this year for sure, but nothing quite like, uh, that 13 to two route. I think the team is, you know, they played 28 games and 29 games. They, they, uh, they flew back and forth from the West Coast twice in that span. These guys are tired. They're injured. They're battered. They're beaten up. Uh, they're major league ball players, and they should be able to handle it. And they played good baseball. They swept two series right before this West Coast trip. Yeah. I think it's very easy to forget that, uh, you know, in their last four sets, they had two sweeps and then the split. 
So that put them at, uh, if I'm doing the math around my head, eight and two, and then they lost two or three here. So you know they went nine and four in that span, which is yeah, really plus good. The two best, the two uh, the best other teams in the in the in the league are in the Dodgers and the Padres. I think I, you know the Cardinals are really good. Yeah, uh, but those are the two top teams to me. Um, gosh, the the Padres have a, a bright future ahead of them. Yeah, they got Manaya looked incredible. He looks the best I've ever seen him pitch. Um, Darvish was good. They they got a good team, man. They're they're gonna need to hit. Uh, one thing you you mentioned JD Davis and not catching that that foul ball. That's you gotta catch that. Like yeah. he did a fine job. He filled in for Pete. He can't play first base. We don't we don't want him to do anything for on purpose he he we can't play him at, at at a position like that anymore um yeah man we just a just a tough series take a day off head to anaheim yeah it was uh jd davis had to fill in at first he made a, a nice catch on guillorme's uh slow roller that he made a, an incredible play on thrown like under his body which was really cool guillorme is just always putting i mean you mean he caught the ball base. at first base i mean yeah you know quick reaction but he did a he caught the ball but I want to ask you. Great job catching the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you um, if you're the Mets uh, and you're in a position where you feel like Pete Alonso, he's not going to hit the IL, but he's going to need some time. Um, do you call down a Dom Smith or do you continue to let him stay down there and get more at bats in AAA? Uh, depending on the situation, I think, again, if it's swollen and, and bruised up, I'm throwing him on the IL for 10 days and I'm calling up Dom Smith. Yeah. That's it's it's really simple. And if it's just for those 10 days, it's that's whatever that is. If you can retroactive it, uh, because JD can't play first base because he makes the defense worse. Like a good first baseman, you just gotta be a, like we're you you praised him for catching a ball. Like it was, you know, it was a tough catch. But, but if he <laughs> <laughs> There was also a play where he missed a tag on a, a bad throw, but I don't even think a good first baseman needs to come off that bag there. Yeah. He just, it's just not great. So I would call Dom Smith up. But again, if he's only going to miss, if he misses three more games, I'm okay with not calling up Dom. But if it's any more than three more, uh, it's not worth the defensive loss to me. Yeah. But. And I think they're playing it day by day, so we'll see soon enough. But uh, Pete Alonso said that he was pleasantly surprised in a good way himself, uh, realizing that the hand was healing. Another fast. another yeah, shout out. A lot to of Pete weird, Alonso. just strange quotes, but that's a good one. I, I know, but yeah. I, I love he, how forthcoming he is yeah. in his his uh, interviews and stuff. He just says some of the weirdest things you'll ever hear you in know. the whole world, <laughs> and it's so earnest, though. Like you know what I mean? Like he's just. What a character. I, know. <laughs> I love him, man. I and do. You really I really felt him. the loss of him in this lineup, man. You really yeah, did. you felt the loss of him on the baseball side. But again, he's his personality. Like, I, I just I'm appreciative of who he is as a player and a person uh, because he's he's sincere. It's so funny. So we talked a lot about Mets starters struggling. Uh, Bassett has a 7.62 since the departure of Max Scherzer. It's not only Bassett, though. Uh, Mets starters in general have a 5.28 ERA since Max Scherzer has gone on the IL. I don't know if there's any real correlation there or if the Mets just hit a speed bump and played some tougher lineups. Um, but, you know, 
the stats are there. There is some form of correlation with Max Scherzer going to the sidelines. We, we got lines. some blowups too. You got some yeah, blowups sure. that are just gonna, you know. I think Taiwan Walker has pitched really well all season. Yeah. Uh, Cookie Carrasco looks, I mean, so damn good. Yeah. Imagine um, if you have 2021 Cookie Carrasco instead of 2022 Cookie David Carrasco. Peterson ran into some trouble, um, but he looks all right. Yeah. Uh, and then Bassett's just Bassett's been really bad and we're going to need him to step up. But again, this is, you get 32, 33 starts in a season. You're going to have a, a tough stretch. This is, yeah. this is a, the difference in baseball. You know, uh, Mets fans are used to seeing Jacob deGrom throw and the guy doesn't really have an off day. Yeah. What was it? Did you tweet it out about the, the conversation that, Terry had in the oh, dugout. Yeah. I think it was the anniversary uh, a few days ago. That was one of the videos I made on my channel, like where way, way Degrom got roughed up and yeah, he in was Texas. pretty down. And Terry goes over there and talks to him, and he's basically saying the same thing we are: is, yeah. "Hey, man, this is the big leagues. You're gonna have a rough one every once in a while. Don't get too down on yourself. Don't bury yourself in these kinds of situations because this is a game, and it's a it's a marathon where Law of averages. You're too damn good to let this bog you down. Let it eat at you because you're a perfectionist and a professional, um, but don't let it bring you down for your next start. So right. while it be pissed off, be mad when you go to bed, but when you wake up, be ready to work and get better for the next start. So that's basically what where we're at. We have a really, really, really good team. Um, I'm not worried. I am eagerly anticipating the return of Tyler McGill, uh, Max Scherzer. And if we get some Jacob deGrom in this season. I need it, man, dude. I want to watch him pitch so bad. I really do. I think uh, some Mets fans are hitting the panic button because uh, our division rivals are finally uh, waking up a little bit. Uh, Braves have won seven games in a row against teams that they should beat. They look good, too. Yeah, yeah, seven. they were like the A's. I had to watch that series, you know, just to to for research for this weekend. Yeah, they look good, man. The A's are so bad, though. They're it so sucks. bad. The only like, I don't want to get into it before we do the Apple and and get forward. But the oh boy, if you feel like if you're in a rough spot about like the Mets, the A's are. I don't even know what their future looks like because usually when they trade away all their guys. You can kind of see the future in some of the young guys that they have. I have no idea what team this is and what they're going to look like in a few years. But did you see their their home record? Oh, it's atrocious. Seven and twenty three. Yeah, man, they're playing in the Coliseum. They were excited to get on the road and to go play. You know the the twenty twenty one World Series champs. They were like, I can't wait. I might we might Jeez, win a ball game. Jeez. Braves win seven in a row. They're seven back. Phillies win six in a row. They're nine and a half back. Uh, and their schedules stay pretty easy and cozy. Atlanta has uh, the Pirates, the Nats, and the Cubs coming up for 10 games. Philly has the D-backs, the Marlins, and the Nats coming up for 11 games. So, I mean, the Mets got to keep trucking on. This off day is very valuable, and they'll count. Again, too early to start scoreboard watching. That's going to only give you headaches. <clears throat> and you don't want to, like, the, at this point in the season – you only care about your team because you want, you need your team to, to play well. Yep. It's like, you know, those guys, I don't know, this is a baseball player reference, but like when you're in the minor leagues and you're in a ball and you have a teammate on your team that is competitive, but in a bad way where he's like, he thinks he looks better when his teammates look worse. Mm. 
He's like, so he roots for his own guys to have bad outings because then he has a, he looks like he has a good one. And it's like, dude, you're not going to get called up to, to double a because we suck. Yeah. You, that doesn't make you like, they're not just going to do it out of necessity. They'll go to somebody else in another organization. So it's kind of the same concept here. Focus on the, the, the Mets and this is a long season. Let's, let's watch and don't worry about the standings too much. We, we jumped out to that huge lead with his, which is a great bonus, but the Braves are really good. Hmm. The, the Phillies are dangerous. They can play really well. And the Marlins pitch, some of the they have some of the best pitching in the game of baseball. So th- there's going to be, and then Juan Soto is the best hitter in the game of baseball. Not right now, but unbelievable. So don't get too mixed in what's going on around you. Just focus on your team because the Mets are freaking awesome to watch. A uh, little bit of a dud this series, but it's going to happen. Uh, off day, then we're playing Anaheim. Yeah, I've, I've seen the comment a lot that uh, a lot of Mets fans are worried because we had the, the, a lead last year and that was blown. But it's exactly what you said. This team is a much more fun watch. They're a much more cohesive unit. Uh, they can beat you in so many different ways that the 2021 team couldn't. Uh, and, you know, it's exactly what you said. I really liked your analogy of just focus on your own team right now. Look at it a day at a time. You went three and four against the two best teams in the National League. Is it ideal? No. You would have liked to get that last game, sure. But that's something I still take to the bank, I think, considering the great baseball you played right before it. Uh, The Mets are still in a very good spot. They're going to play a team in a much tougher spot than we are. Before we get to that, we got to do our Apple because we kind of pushed off our Apple a little bit. This is a late Apple. Well, all right. It's my bad. The Apple of our eye. There are two good candidates, so yeah. I will go first because go then you're going to take the other one. Yep. And I'm going to take the obvious one. I'm going to go with the apple of my eye as Mr. Eduardo Escobar. Okay, Eduardo, my man, hit for the cycle, played great defense, fired up the fans, might have outside of uh, outside of Walker Bueller the tightest pants in the game. Six <laughs> Robbie for 12, Ray. four runs scored. Two doubles, a triple, a homer, six RBI, beautiful game. He fired us up, Fogo power. Eduardo Escobar is the apple of my eye. Very nice. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, we needed this from Eduardo. We said this a couple episodes ago. We needed this West Coast trip for him to break out and start contributing in a huge way to this lineup. That's exactly what he did. He almost single-handedly won us game one uh, with six RBI in that game. Beautiful performance for him. Uh, I think that, you know... Uh, he had a stride in April where he was drawn at a lot of walks and putting together good at-bats, and now he's really starting to drive it for extra base hits and slugging well. Uh, I'm not going to say that Shakira fixed Eduardo Escobar, but I am going to suggest it uh, offhandedly a little bit. I'm just saying. I feel like that Love would fix so any man. So, I mean, you know, there's no no surprise there. And uh, You mentioned that there was two choices. I am going to take the other one, and that is Cookie Carrasco. He gets the apple of my eye. The cookie of our eye. Ah, the cookie on our that plate. That sounds painful. Yeah, ow. Yeah, yeah the apple. Cookie gets the apple? Yeah, cookie gets the apple. Circle gets the square? Have you heard that mm, before? Yeah, I've heard it. I don't know if it works, okay. though. <laughs> Do you know uh, what that's from? Just a quick... No, I don't. Hollywood Squares was a show back when... You remember TV? Oh, I know. I've never heard of it. You know what a TV is? No. What is a cable? Yes. What is a cable? Cable box? Okay. (laughs) All right. Let's move on. (laughs) 
Cookie, he's been excellent. Uh, he went seven innings, two uh, two run runs, five hits, no walks, ten strikeouts. Uh, here's a fun stat I pulled from Jacob Resnick, who does awesome work for SNY. Cookie, last year in 2021, pitched into the sixth inning in three of his 12 starts. This year, it's been a much different story. He's pitched into the sixth inning in seven of his 11 starts. He looks like a completely different pitcher. He's top five in the NL for various categories. He has been the guy that we really thought that Bassett might be during this stretch. He's really held his form, uh, kind of been an ace for this club, and I think that when we get our guys back, he's going to be a nice little piece to have at the back end of the rotation. Um, and, you know, we have that that team option for Cookie for 2023, which uh, gets me very excited because I think having him on board for another year would be absolutely excellent especially because he's really he's found his form again that's awesome to see so cookie gets my apple um a couple of things on cookie man he looks so dang good he's a great pitcher you look at his his baseball reference page you'll see why we're excited but at his age right now to see the what i'm most like surprised about is the combination of how many punch outs he's getting with how little or how few walks He's absolutely dominating like his for him to get that many punch outs with the style of pitching that he's he's doing like it's it's kind of I don't I don't want to anticipate that he's going to be this level of dominance and be able to strike out this many guys. Um, But it's such a positive sign. He looks so uh, good. You kind of nailed it on the head there, actually, in terms of strikeout to walk ratio. Cookie has a four point six nine. That's fourth in the NL. He's in company with Max Freed, who's third, Corbin Burns, and Aaron Nola. So pretty good class yeah, there. That's that's elite stuff. That is, you know, Cy Young candidate, top five Cy Young level stuff. Now, I don't want to anticipate him being that guy for the rest of it, but this style of pitching that he's using, it's not it's it's like McNeil hitting. Like he's he uses a, a five different pitches. And he puts them everywhere and he, he deploys them in any situation. Um, he doesn't, you know, it's hard to slump like that unless you start walking guys uh, and leaving balls over the middle. But what he's doing is he's getting all the corners and he's mixing his speeds and his stuff is sharp. So he's smart. He looks great. Uh, very positive signs for, for Cookie. And he deserves that apple big time. Yeah, it's really cool to see a guy uh, attack the zone with such precision as Cookie does. Because, you know, he's not going to overpower you with velocity. Mm -hmm. He's he's past that age. But he's just got so much nasty stuff in his arsenal that's finally clicking that really wasn't. You could tell when you look back at 2021 starts that Cookie was not right last year. He returned too early. They needed an arm, and I get why he came back. But this is the version of Cookie that Mets fans, I think, were expecting and, and are very happy to get now. Yeah, I mean, even beyond expectations, I have to assume. but But... You know, from his 2021 where he rushed back uh, on top of, you know, uh, cancer and the the that, like just a wild ride, a super cool guy. Um, ask anybody around the league if if they've been his teammate, he's like their favorite player on the planet. Like it's awesome. Uh, easy to root for. So that's very exciting. So we got the off day today. Very huge for our Mets. I think they need a rest day as they go to Anaheim. They are facing off against the Los Angeles Angels. And I don't know, it depends on what kind of fan you are. Uh, if you consider catching them here at a, is a great time or a bad time. A lot of, <laughs> there's a differing class. Yeah, of you want to, are they going to, are they, are they, um, what is it? Like 
uh, bottlenecking to where they're holding it all and they're going to, you know, explode, unleash onto us. Uh, or are we going to just bury them deeper? Mike Trout, the greatest player on the planet, is uh, in the midst of a, a slump, the worst slump of his career. Uh, could look like he might have broken out a little bit, but we'll see. Um, three game series. You want me to hop in it? Yeah, I mean, uh, Trout's got that groin strain, so I don't know if he's going to be. Yeah, playing. we don't even know if he's going to be playing. He's in the. He's kind of like where Charlie Marte is, I think. I don't know if he's going on the shelf, but uh, they'll probably just sit him and and take take it easy. Stuck in some limbo, and then the Mets also don't have to face Shohei Otani because he's pitching tonight against the Red Sox. In the Although final game of their I set. think he might be the most hittable of their guys. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Game one, the return of the Tyler McGill. Uh, we need you, buddy. Uh, going against Michael Lorenzen and his enormous biceps, but only on the right <laughs> side because the left one's not that big. Yeah, uh, He's been pitching really well since uh, being in the, the starting rotation. Uh, he has a 3.69 ERA. Uh, McGill is the first time on the mound since May 11th. No Angels hitters, shockingly enough, have seen uh, Tyler before. And Lorenzo is coming off the worst start of 2022 for him against those Phillies. He went five and two thirds, gave up five earned runs and had five walks, five punches in the face, five Ouch. everything. Five everything. Uh, anyway, so game two, Cookie Carrasco and his apple of his eye from last series and a sparkling 3.52 ERA heading up against Patrick Sandoval and his 2.81 ERA. Sandoval is fantastic, uh, but we're going to hit him around. Mike Trout, three for 11 with two RBI off of Cookie, but we don't know if we'll see him. And uh, Walsh is one for one with a home run off of Cookie. Sandoval has allowed seven earned runs in seven and two-thirds innings over his last two starts. Again, a little bit of a lull and why they're losing 14 in a row. <sighs> Cookie has allowed two earned runs in 12 innings with 15 punch-outs over his last two starts. So a little bit of uh, vice versa there. Cookie has 28 and a third innings pitched and a 191 ERA at Angel Stadium in his career. A comfortable place for him to pitch. Let's hope that continues. Mm. Moving on to game three, Taiwan Walker and his lovely flowing hair. I'm pretty sure he's a tight end when he's not playing baseball. That guy is huge. Every time I see him on TV, I forget how big he is. Uh, and his 3.28 ERA looking fantastic against the guy that we may have known before. The name might sound familiar. His name is Noah Syndergaard. Wow. No round of applause. I don't Who's, think so. What do you think? No claps for him. Are you I don't know. Anything? I don't know. I don't know what we're going to hear. Not in Anaheim. Doesn't no, matter. No. <laughs> 3.69 ERA from Noah. The Mets will finally face their old teammate, old Thor, for the first time. Uh, Mike Trout, 10 for 16 with three homers and six RBI against Walker. Let's hope his uh, hamstring or whatever it is feel a little bit tight. Uh, 10 for 16 with three bombs. Just wanted to reiterate that. Uh, and Noah Syndergaard has alternated between quality and blow up starts since May 9th. He's looked good. He's looked poor. We're going to see a different version of Noah. He's throwing like 94. Yeah. Um, coming off TJ. You know, he's he's looked pretty well. Kind of a different style of pitcher than we've seen in the past. So who knows what form we're going to get coming off Tommy John. You never really know how you're going to feel. But this is a big series for us. Uh, Anaheim, cool place to play. I like uh, Angel Stadium. It's fun. Uh, and we get to see, you know, maybe the two best players on the planet in Shohei and, and Mike Trout. Who knows what we're going to get? They've got Jared Walsh out there hitting like 
1200 OPS or whatever the case may be. Um, Anthony Rendon, I think, is on the shelf. So we He's don't on the shelf, see yeah. that familiar foe. Uh, but they have starting pitching, man. We're going to see Sandoval as a really good left-handed pitcher. Um, Lorenzen has been great. Uh, we miss Shohei, but uh, I mean, is he? He's a face of baseball right now. So yeah, you know, this think, is gonna uh, be a fun series. And I hope they wear those City Connection jerseys, those unis. I love them. You liked them? Interesting. I, I love not, them. I man. Wasn't a huge fan of the new Angels. Oh, ones. they're so retro looking. They remind me of like just just a really cool old uniform. Yeah. Uh, with the like uneven patches on their on their uh, sleeves, just really cool. I liked them. The cream. I'm a big fan. Did you like the uh, the California Angels jerseys back when they were in Cali? Like back when that was their moniker? Because it was like the font was kind of funky. It was very like 80s. I felt like I kind of like that jersey and I do like the cream. I just wasn't crazy about these City Connects. I like them. I like the way they wrote Angels. I don't remember the California Angels uh, right off the top of my head. But, I, I, you know, gosh, I spent so much time in that stadium myself. I never really pitched a lot because they were when i was in the als they were dominated by righties and so i rarely made an appearance uh familiar met bobby abreu was like the only guy i would face for a little bit and then josh hamilton but outside and they had matsui one year so but those are like one guy that i'd be like all right well i just relax and enjoy that la weather it's pretty nice not a bad gig (laughs) i'd say yeah, I mean, uh, big series for the Mets. Uh, if they can take two of three, they'll go five and five on the West Coast road trip, which I think Mets fans will take to the bank. 500 ball against three three good teams. I mean, this last one here was a good team up until this horrid losing streak that uh, resulted in the firing of Joe Madden. Um, you might duck Mike Trout, which is huge. You don't have to face Shohei Otani pitching-wise, although he's had some blow-ups during this losing streak. Um, I did a deep dive in the offseason on Patrick Sandoval. I really like what I saw from him last year. He's nasty. All these peripherals are painting out this year. He's really looked like probably the best guy in this rotation, the most reliable, even though he doesn't go very deep into games very often. I don't think you'll see Sandoval for more than six innings maximum. I don't think he's exceeded that this season. Uh, McGill, probably a tight leash. I would say like 70, 75 pitches, five innings maybe is like the optimistic viewpoint for McGill. They're not going to rush him back in. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking for four. If he gives us four competitive innings, looks the part I'm happy. Yeah. And I think a big thing in this series is going to be bullpen usage. Uh, the, this angels lineup is good, but it's extremely top heavy. It's Walsh, Otani, Trout, and then it kind of falls off a cliff a little bit. You have Juan Lagares. He was batting fifth last night, which I could not believe. David Fletcher has not looked the same ever since the balls were a little bit unjuiced. Uh, Andrew Velasquez is in this lineup as well. There's I a lot of. I think they might have rejuiced him, just so you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the word is. I think it's a mixed bag, but who who the hell knows what we'll they're see. doing with the balls? Um, yeah, old fr- old friend Juan Lagares. I'm yeah, excited for that one. Still getting some regular abs, I which love is nice Juan. to see. Yeah, uh, yeah, he is a fun teammate to have as well. Yeah, one of the greatest. Uh, Instagram follows. I, I hardly get on Instagram a- anymore, but uh, I always see like a sweaty picture of him, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I'm working out, working hard. It always cracks me up. Hell yeah, one. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, you might see Edwin in the eighth again, if the order is right, you know, similar yeah. to what we saw in the LA series. We didn't see any of Edwin in the San Diego series. So I'm sure Buck is itching to use him. Uh, and Cookie in the middle game is huge. Uh, so he'll stay on his five game track. So the others of the rotation will shift around a little bit for Cookie. 
yeah, big series here. I mean, you want to keep them in their losing ways. Uh, they're playing the fourth game of their set against the Red Sox tonight. They've lost the first three. Uh, it has been a doozy, a nightmare for the Angels. Aaron Loop is on the Angels. He has not had a good season so far, so the Mets maybe are looking pretty good for not offering him that bag. Don't um, you dare. Don't I'm you sorry. talk bad I, about it, it, it. It felt wrong to say when I said it. I Don't want you do to know it. that. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so I mean, big, big, uh, opportunity to capitalize. And then you come back home finally, uh, and you know, you got two 10 PM games here. It's good. I'm um, no more, no more late nights, please. Oh Get my all gosh. Right. Way. Please. Yeah. This, by the way, brutal, of uh, MLB. So they're going to get an off day now. Then they have yeah. an off day after this series. They're they're playing the Sunday night game at seven seven o'clock. It's four o'clock West Coast. But can they get a day game and get have a full off day? Fly home from coast to coast and get in at a decent hour? Like brutal, man. Such brutal. jerks, man. It's, I, like it, it's horrible. Listen, I get it. We're fun to watch. We play a good brand of baseball. Does everyone need to watch us? Do we really need the Sunday night baseball spot? No. Come they, on. They, that's the difference. They don't, if they cared about player safety and, and the well health, uh, you would, they would play a one o'clock game because yeah. it's, it's two absolute star studded teams. They're going to, they're going to tune in regardless. So just yeah. let them play at a normal time. You know what? And you know what the crazy thing is? The Sunday night game could have just been Dodgers versus Giants. They're playing. I think Sunday. it is Dodgers Giants. Is we it? Play at, is, we play at four west coast time we play at seven east coast times the dodgers and giants are playing at four east coast times that's one west coast time so, so what the hell man up. what Brutal. the hell and there's still time do do right by our mets let them have a full day um so uh, this is again this is how we you you're as a player as a coach as an organization split on the road yep. and went at home if they win two out of three here, they literally go 50, you know, go 500 on the road. That's what you ask for. Um, and if not, you just think it was if they don't win the series here, they they had a rough road trip on a schedule that was a rough road trip before we started. So no need to panic. No need to look over your shoulder. You know, again, we're in this marathon. You think about we're at the the 25 yard line on a on a breakaway run, we got out to a big lead. You're at the 25. You don't want the running back to start peeking over his shoulder because he's going to start slowing down. So keep your head forward, worry about your footsteps and, and your pace. It's not quite time to where you need to start looking over your shoulder yet. I can tell that you have been prepping your analogies for your booth appearance this week. I have not. These come <laughs> naturally. I don't even know if they're going to make sense as I'm spewing this vitriol Both out of my brain. Both pretty good, man. They're pretty good. <laughs> good. Some of your best, I got to say. All right. It's the coffee's kicked in. <laughs> We What's both going got on with this head of hair? What do we got? Uh, so I, I saw this was the head of hair you had at City Field. Uh, it was pretty. Little bit of mad scientist is it's what I'm big, getting. It's big, dude. I don't know what to do with it. It's Get so you the big. lab coat, maybe. Get yeah. you a couple vials. Like you're I don't know what to do. Some it form. needs so much product, but I'm like, I don't are know. You, are you a headband guy? Look at those guy? rays, by the way. Oh, come on. They're like Am big. I a what? Are you a headband guy? No, like a, not a headband. Yeah, I don't think it like that would maybe like it would keep it back. I don't know if it would I look good. We'll see. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. Lots of but gel. They stuck this head of hair. <laughs> I look at that. They stuck this head of hair on the radio. They said uh, we need to put you, you know, on the other audio side, only. So. Might yeah, be best. I know, yeah, right? I think so. Mean. It's brutal. Yeah, Jack. If you're audio, Jack. If you're listening, uh, when he went like this, that's your thumbnail right there. That's your thumbnail. Is it? Yeah. I think right. Ah, it's perfect. That's crazy. That's perfect. It's something. All right. <laughs> 
All right, guys, uh, that is it for our episode of Shea Station. We'll see you again Monday to recap the Angel series. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. That's really good. Not Christmas, by the way. Uh, Pretty interesting. Elf is Christmas (laughs) year-round. It's timeless, I guess. That's what he's saying. This is my workout shirt this morning. Jerry's movie pick of the week is Elf in June. (laughs) (laughs) Big movie pod. All right, let's go Mets. Take care. Have a good weekend. (laughs) 